startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRadio.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. Every year, shortly before Christmas, we get together with fintech entrepreneurs, event organizers and thought leaders to look back on the year and forward into the new one in our annual fintech review. This is a tradition I'm hosting since 2014. You can find here in the playlist on YouTube as well as down here in the show notes, the last three ones in English. This time we changed a little bit the concept. You know, 2020, nothing seems as it is. We did the following. We talked to all three of our guests separately and only asked them three simple questions. Then we added a 10 together. This doesn't unfortunately lead to any of the interesting discussions, but it's a little bit more compact format. The three questions were, what are your top three fintech news items from 2020? What do you think is the medium to long-term impact of Corona and 2020 on fintech? And what is your outlook for fintech especially in 2021? Let's see how they answered. Guys, what are your top three fintech news items from 2020? I think 2020 was an exceptional year under many aspects, certainly for fintech, first of all. The Ein Financial IPO that was blocked by the Chinese regulator two days before that happened, that is really unprecedented because it highlights uh, the limitations of uh, big tech companies in terms of uh, accessing financial markets and providing opportunities to individuals, small, middle entrepreneurs without hitting on the problem of uh, financial stability. So we might expect there will be more uh, regulation in China and outside China about uh, the functioning of big tech which will have uh, an effect, uh, an impact on the way fintech will have to operate going forward. The second is again about big tech. Oh, again, uh, at the end of this 2020, the relaunch of uh, Google Pay under a new, more integrated uh, solution and look and feel, and the announcement of uh, their Plex service uh, next year, that aggregated the interest already of uh, more than 10 financial institutions. Uh, This is also a great piece of news. It highlights uh, the capability of big tech to penetrate the banking sector, providing, uh, I believe, uh, banking infrastructure by inviting uh, financial institutions to onboard on their capability to connect them to final consumers. So I don't think that here we are discussing the competition between the big tech uh, and uh, the uh, financial institutions, but an acceleration of the capability of financial institutions uh, to play with technology in terms of uh, accessing uh, um, the capability of uh, large uh, providers of uh, financial services uh, solutions in order to improve their operations. And then uh, the third, uh, and I wouldn't say the least, but we only wanted to discuss three, is the final decision of uh, the Monetary Authority in Singapore to award four uh, contest, um, proposed proponents uh, a banking license. We have two full digital licenses now 
given to Grab, Singtel, and SEA. And we have two wholesale digital banking licenses provided to End Financial and Greenland Financial Holdings. Here and again, there are two players which are entering Singapore with a digital banking license. So in essence, the platformication of financial services from within China is expanding to the Western world. 2021 is going to be very interesting. If I can just add a little fourth or a 3B, I would say that this year Starling Bank uh, is uh, finally achieving uh, uh, profit uh, uh, in their operations. Uh, that's very important. Starling to me is very different to the other new bank and charger banks because they have a more clear focus on uh, small entrepreneurs, uh, that type of businesses. Uh, I always highlight the relevance of understanding the motivation of finance clients to onboard on digital not simply on freemium models, but on business models where they're asked to pay for the services they receive. And it seems that Starling uh, uh, owning this uh, slight difference compared to the others uh, uh, showcases that this is the way forward because before uh, other uh, competitors uh, managed to improve uh, their financial uh, um, situation. Uh, I, I really love that you added a 3B news item one question from my side um did you dig a little bit deeper into why stalling was actually profitable and do you believe it's the blueprint or the way to go forward for banks like n26 penta or other challenger banks in other countries or geographies well you see um, many fintech entrepreneurs, uh, I'd say Silicon Valley in general, misunderstood the asymmetry of information that dominates the revenue generating mechanism in financial services. So mobile technology, I insist, is a pool technology, a technology of the demand, while most of the services uh, that banks provide to their customers, especially where the revenue is made today, are uh, operated in an off-driven mechanism. So the problem is how you move, uh, how you uh, basically take an off-driven industry, which is pushed into a demand-driven technology where clients have to pull. Now, you need to look at uh, the symmetrical offers uh, where people feel they have a pain point they have to resolve and they are willing to pay for that. Now, payment methods, uh, they can become convenient uh, and very attractive, but people typically don't want to pay for payment methods. You see what I'm saying? As long as they really feel like they get extra, like American Express uh, with the membership reward, uh, is is so much 1990s, put it this way. But um, entrepreneurs, uh, they have uh, their uh, pain points in front of themselves uh, every hour of the day, especially through the pandemic. You don't think about, for example, your retirement and investment product continuously. Very few people do that. But everybody working is thinking about their business problems uh, throughout the day. Therefore, if you target those communities, you have more chances uh, to resonate uh, so that you can see the clients might onboard and they're willing to pay for value that they receive because effectively they resolve uh, some uh, real critical points uh, in their uh, business journey. And that is, I believe, uh, the little element uh, uh, more than anything else uh, that tells uh, the Starling story apart from, 
from other challenger banks and, and other new banks. Then, of course, there might be other type of uh, business decisions uh, uh, that were made. But but I, I insist that we need to look at the foundations of the way people access financial services on the asymmetry of information and therefore their willingness to understand or perceive value, so to pay for that. So what did strike me first was that cash is still relevant. So in 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 context of digitalization, that's actually the last thing you would think about. So it did strike me that month by month the amount of cash in Germany is still increasing. So so the volumes overall are increasing. Of course, if you look from a percentage point of view, uh, cash loses, but but in absolute numbers, cash increases month by month in Germany. And I did come across a startup who transforms um, cash machines um, and, and, and cashiers into uh, digital ATMs. Uh, the company is called Sonic. And that was my, my, my first big surprise that that's already or still happening in 2020. The other big news for me was Fintech form must go digital. So uh, we always look about digitalization of the financial industry, but our own event uh, was a pure physical one. Uh, but this year it had to be transformed into a pure digital one. And I, I can really tell you my own digital learning cur curve uh, was was really, really steep and um I learned a lot and I had to learn new things. I need to transform the way we approach uh, the delivery of the FinTech Forum. So that was the second big event and back in, uh, the second big news for me. And, um, and, and finally, um, I was surprised by uh, especially one startup in the crowd fi crowd finance um, space, Cabilendo. Uh, Uh, they actually um, transform part of their business model in order to help SME companies uh, to get um, governmental support. Um, and, and they did that rather quickly. Um, and I have seen more and more startups really um, taking the challenge in order to support the overall Uh, community in Germany. So these are my three news. So cash still relevant. Yes, I need to become digital by myself personally. And um, there are some startups out there who are able to really quickly uh, transform themselves. I think there's just a main, main, just one news that encompasses maybe all 10. Uh, which is which is just uh, the fast forwarding of, of the inevitable, which is uh, bringing what's offline to online. So anything that's that's currently banking and that's offline is just accelerating and, and becoming online. No, I think you can absolutely automate everything. I think it's just a matter of it's a question of time and uh, and logic that that you can do that. Okay. And what do you think is the medium to long-term impact of Corona and 2020 on fintech? 
So the pandemic outbreak uh, is an unfortunate event, uh, of course. There's nothing positive about that. But I think that uh, it is also accelerating digital adoption, which in essence is good for those uh, targeting the transformation of banking uh, with the mobile technology. So let's say that from the negative side, uh, uh, uncertainty is on the rise uh, on financial markets. And when uncertainty is so high, the capability of uh, uh, players to be uh, offer driven is reduced. That means the evaluations cannot stay where they were before uh, the pandemic outbreak. And this is uh, hitting most likely the way funding uh, is uh, accessed by fin fintech uh, entrepreneurs and if not the full availability of funding itself. I heard uh, many investors uh, um, pulling the brake. Uh, at the beginning of this year, trying to understand uh, what was effectively going on before deciding to move into uh, new ventures. So it may be that the established players that already got funded might find a chance for a new round, but it would be more difficult for the newcomers to access uh, uh, fresh money. At the same time, we said that the pandemic has um, accelerated digital adoption in the society with particular reference to the Western world, as we know that the Chinese consumers were already highly digital. And this is putting extra pressure to the banks to change the way they provided their services to the final customers. So definitely not necessarily the fintech having more clients, but all those fintech uh, providing B2B or B2B solutions uh, should find themselves uh, into a new environment uh, starting from 2021, where I believe there will be more uh, substantial and practical demand beyond the POCs to effectively deliver in production new banking services using digital technology. And uh, if I can also highlight, uh, um, this is the third year, for example, of uh, the growth of uh, digital platforms in India. I had the chance of working with uh, SBI on or SIBM, which is um, a very interesting uh, uh, applications and marketplace that was launched by State Bank of India. Now, we all need to look at that because often we talk about China and we don't talk much about India. But this is a great example of building a platform marketplace that uh, engages clients on non-banking products and then uses their relationship to turn the clients into a banking relationship. And this is exactly what the fintech and the banks have to learn to resolve how to recombine with contextual banking the non-banking with the banking charters. We saw in the last two years the first real-life examples uh, being brought to market and some of them like this one very successful and I believe that 2021, 2022 up to 2025 we'll see the acceleration of uh, this type of approaches and solutions which are definitely needed. Um. From my perspective, um, the pandemic and Corona is accelerating everything which is related um, to digitalization. So stuff which takes in, in normal times two, three, four years now happens in two, three months. Uh, so we see in, in, in areas of payments and contactless payments and, let's say, uh, digital loan, we see significant increases 
um, across the world. So we not only see the online merchants and, and Amazon growing like hell, uh, but also the underlying infrastructures as well as the financial service infrastructures, including fintechs who are prepared to scale. Uh, and that's for me the 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 prediction. Uh, first of all, the lessons learned, but also the the prediction for next year. Uh, the ones with a proper business model will benefit. Uh, the ones with a bad business model will fail. So we will see some will succeed faster, other will fail faster. So the acceleration of what would happened normally that that's the, the the big topic also for for the next two years from a digitization perspective um, i think that the vaccine coming out earlier is is actually a bad thing again i want to emphasize from a digitization perspective uh, because it's not forcing or essentially it's it's allowing certain companies to to go back to the old ways quicker than than before i still think corona is going to be uh, impacting our lives for the next five years or the foreseeable future. But, um, but I think it's important that, that we just speed up that digitization of uh, bringing things from offline to online. What is your outlook for fintech in 2021? In 2021, I did, uh, among the many works, I, I did worldwide an interesting one with the Chinese bank. Um, there is a strategic point of view for the uh, board of directors of Shanghai Pudong Development Bank, which is uh, the eighth largest bank uh, in China, as big as Deutsche Bank. That means not that big of a bank, but the most digital among the urban banks. And uh, we wrapped up this strategic work into a public white paper, which has been published uh, at the Ant um, uh, Financial Conference uh, in uh, when was it October this year, October, November in Shanghai. And the title of this white paper is Panoramic Banking. Now it is published in Chinese only, there's not an English edition, but I think this is very important because uh, finally we have uh, uh, a consistent point of view about uh, the platformication of financial services. So between 2010 and 2020, which are, a form, let's say, formally the first 10 years of the fintech innovation, we saw a lot of simple-mindedness um, in the fintech ecosystems. So small fintech, some of them growing fast, wanted to unbundle financial services into linear offers and more simplified solutions. However, this is not uh, the end of the game and actually is um, a faulted starting point because uh, digital uh, reveals that only platforms uh, can effectively thrive. So I think that now many are getting into the understanding that what is needed is not to unbundle financial services, but to bundle them back. That's why I'm very proud of this work that we released uh, at the end of 2020, because um, from 2021 to 2030, I believe that we will see this shift from unbundling to bundling back, therefore the rise of platforms. So it is very important to understand what it means to shift from the linear economy, that is an output economy, 
into the nonlinear economy, which is made of outcome economies. And only if banks and fintech understand that, they will know how to build the platforms that enables to aggregate the life of individuals and entrepreneurs in different ways. If I can say to conclude, I've always been critical at the idea that you can unbundle a bank because banks are already unbundled into different business units. And I've always been critical at the fact that we started looking at fintech by morphing their offers around unbundled banks like um, people talk of paytech, of credit tech, of insure tech, of wealth tech. But in reality, it's all about client tech because the client is only one. And that is where you see the capability of platforms of treating the client in his own uniqueness and centricity. If I can add, we only need, we also need to transform the client centricity into human centricity. That means stop thinking that artificial intelligence and data are there to optimize distribution channel of products. That means putting the client in the center and becoming smarter at doing marketing because this is not e-commerce. This is banking and financial markets, highly regulated there to make sure that our society functions in a democracy and in a capitalistic world. We need therefore to start learning that what data and analytics are for is to enable clients to be capable of self-directing themselves on the platform economy. That means being human-centric because it's not anymore about the data-driven banking, it becomes data-enabling clients. And that's my wish for the next 10 years. Yeah, that that's basically my assumption that um, maybe not next year alone, but but definitely next year will be a very important year. Anyway, we were at a kind of crossroad for fintech because fintech around for 10 years, 12 years now in Germany, maybe seven to 10 years. So um, we already have seen 300 fintechs uh, disappearing from about 1,000. So that's something I expect to accelerate, actually, uh, over the next two years. Um, I, as I said before, acceleration of, of time, that, that's probably what we all need to understand. So I, I, Megan Johnson actually wrote a good article called uh, The Banks Are Dead, Long Live the Banks. And I think that's uh, that's never been more true. I actually I actually think that uh, that it's a super crowded market. I think um, less newcomers are going to come out. I think that the existing players uh, are going to be doubling down on on general innovation in, in fintech. So if I was a fintech entrepreneur, for for most cases, I, I'd probably leave out trading from that. But other than that, I probably wouldn't start a fintech company. So I think that. People need to take a long-term or outlook. I think people are too short-sighted when they think about challenger banking. Um, if you look at, for example, you know the oil boom in the late 1800s, um, and everybody thinks now, wow, that's obvious. So it's the same thing now. It's kind of a, it's the second time in history that that banks are being recreated. And if you extrapolate and think about what is banking in 10 years from now, or maybe even 20 years from now. There's absolutely no doubt that it's online and that it's digital. So whether that's a challenger bank like one of us or, or a Deutsche Bank, uh, that's up for question. But 
it's the same question like, will there be more electric cars on the road in 10 years from now? Absolutely. Will Tesla be one of the winners? Most probably. Thank you so much. Leave us feedback via Google Forms in the comments below here. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Frohe Weihnachten, Merry Christmas. We will be back on January 7th with our interview of Bitbonds. Bye bye. Frohe Weihnachten. Yeah, thank you for your time and uh, happy to be here to the audience. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>